0: Welcome to the Danielle McInnes podcast, a podcast for small businesses who are seeking great practical advice about marketing and sales. Danielle thinks like a customer, even as a little kid, she always has shown deep empathy for others. Dan uses this customer insight to help small businesses create practical marketing strategies that work. Using this customer-centric approach and our 20 years' experience in sales and marketing, Dan takes what is in your head, adds her expertise to create a system to assist you make better marketing decisions, attracts a regular stream of ideal customers, and creates a brand that your employees and customers will love. Hope you enjoy this podcast.
1: Today, I'm really excited to introduce you to Claudia Bauman. And Claudia is a great entrepreneur. She has built her whole business around cheese, a passion that she um, didn't really even know she had until she discovered it. Um, and so it's really an interesting journey as we talk to her and learn how this passion has, um, in fact, created many sub-businesses for her and, and created a following for her new um, app called The Cheesemonger. Of over 30,000 people so there's something that we can all learn from Claudia's journey and I hope you enjoy my interview with her I've
2: got off an iPhone now and onto a um, what do they call it an Android <laughs> okay,
1: the latest tech <laughs> yeah so perhaps you can tell me a bit about your business and how you got, came to um, to do what you're doing
2: Yeah, look, it's a bit random. I was actually doing a hotel management diploma and I was uh, majoring in wine studies. I was very passionate about wine. I was working in some pretty cool bars and I thought that my future was going to be in wine or being a sommelier or something like that. Mm -hmm. And just simply, I guess, through, um, I don't know, an appreciation for the science of wine and the history and the origins of wine... I guess I was just able to um, understand the whole world and science of cheese. I had already heard of Will Studd, this guy who is Australia's only, you know, Machu and I hung about until he arrived. And I, I, the girl in the cheese room was lovely, and she basically said, oh, you know, the guy that writes that book you just bought is actually going to be here in a couple of hours' time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I've come this far from Sydney. I'm just going to stay, have lunch with Stephanie, you know, eat some more cheese, ask some more questions in the cheese room, and then he'll be... And there, like, you know, without too much of a delay, he arrived. Yeah. And it was just like one of these moments where you just connect with someone and you just say, oh, my God, how can I make cheese my future?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic.
2: But he must have heard that all the time because he just said, you know, you stand and kind of, you know, go overseas and do your time. And if you're serious, you know, go and develop an appreciation for how other cultures have been doing cheese, you know, not just for hundreds, but for thousands of years.
0: Mm. You know,
2: call me when you get back. But the incredible thing was he actually gave me some cards from his own wallet. Mm. And this is one of the reasons that I am very passionate about being very generous with um, time and advice and contacts and referrals in business because, like, it just sets you aside, I think, Mm -hmm. from people who are perhaps more threatened or, you know, they... You know, I really believe that there are two types of people. There's those who are kind of threatened and they feel that by sharing their expertise and knowledge and contacts, it will make them redundant or it will lessen their value. Mm-hmm. And there are others who are just really happy to be generous and share because actually it's great to have camaraderie and it's better for the industry and it's just better better relations, full stop. Yeah. And um, I didn't realise at that point in time that the cards he'd given me was of the best contacts in the world, of cheese. Mm -hmm. And I just followed them all up and and moved my way around Europe. I headed off overseas not too long after that and worked for some of the biggest names in the world. I got to do incredible things, like make cheese. I did a diploma in cheese. You know, you can read the bio page of our website, the us. Like, I've just been very fortunate. Um, You know, it's luck and it's hard work, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's luck because you might get pointed in the right direction or... You know, um, I'm a hard worker, so I saved up a lot of money and worked very hard when I was over there to actually afford the experiences I was having. And I maxed three, I think it was two or three credit cards, in um, mm-hmm. you know, just having fabulous experience after fabulous. You know, I basically just refer to it as my hex debt. Yeah. You know, like everyone has to get their education from somewhere and, and I go to university like my sister who did medicine and my brother who did law. So I, you know, said, what's the equivalent amount?
1: Yes. <laughs> <It's... laughs>
2: <laughs> Traveling around, doing incredible experience after incredible experience and, you know, obviously coming home to Australia or the idea of coming home was just going to be so isolating from all these experiences that were currently on my doorstep being in Europe. So I just immersed myself, and um, yeah, just had incredible experience after the next. Came home, didn't know what to do with myself. Really, um, within three days, word had got out amongst a very, you know, very tight knit community when you're at that level of expertise and experience
0: yeah.
2: in any industry but, you know, obviously cheese. And um, I was approached, and someone said, "We're going to open a Cheese Counter. We've franchised the name Jones the Grocer." You know, basically, here's a blank check. Mm-hmm. We want you to set up, uh, here's 25 square meters, and we want you to do a cheese shop mm-hmm. inside the bottle shop. And that was my first experience. That was awesome to have, you know, I had eight staff and was looking under me. I had a lot of free reign. And I, that was my first experience, starting and running something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that was great. And then um, from there, I went to, uh, you know, pretty fast realized in running a shop. Um, you're very responsible and the majority of your time is actually spent on staffing issues, Mm -hmm. rostering. I was just being taken further away from actual cheese. So I did a job at a place called Simon Johnson Mm -hmm. um, and that was my first real education on what Australia had to offer because, you know, local Australian produce certainly isn't part of the education Mm -hmm. (laughs) in, in, you know, the old world Europe. Um, you know, uh, experience of of cheese. But, you know, we're we're very much not taken seriously here in Australia for for cheese, due to our staunch legislation and um, just being new world. Mm-hmm. But um, yes. Yeah, so and then I just um, I you know it went as far as I could at Simon Johnson. Um, and then after two Christmases, uh, I moved on and did my own thing. And that's included doing some consulting for Harris Farm and had a six-month contract with Harris Farm, trying to make it less food marketing and a bit more boutique. And then we started doing classes because we realized no one was doing classes. And we did some wedding cheese towers, as you'll see on the Facebook. And we just started trying to emulate what I had been doing overseas that no one was doing here. And then certain things that we were doing got picked up on by other people, and you know we realised there wasn't really a commercial future in us continuing them. So we've kind of tried lots of different things, and then gravitated towards what is commercially viable, which is events, cheese experiences, cheese making workshops. Um, you know, champagne, French cheese, Italian cheese, Italian wine, new Spanish cheese and wine whiskey and cheese and, and then that got to a point where I just couldn't do everything and so I started to align myself with other experts mm-hmm. to co-present alongside and that gave great weight to my brand but also my events mm-hmm. um, themselves because they were getting, you know, real bang for their buck. They were getting, you know, a beer dealer who is me in the world of beer and me or they were getting, you know, a champagne expert and me or they were getting, you know single malt expert in me. So, mm. yeah, it's just been, it's been a really amazing six years and um, being organic and, and homegrown and not having big overheads allowed me to kind of chop and change and try things and do some hampers and cheese club and, you know, cheese making kits online. And <laughs> Never played. It's been
1: and, fun. And so um, tell me about your app because
2: I see that on your website. Yeah, look, that was originally developed to try to take pressure off the volume of emails that we um, were or are receiving. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, just ridiculous the amount of time that I was putting into answering people's cheese questions and receiving absolutely no money. Mm. Um, Just didn't even make sense. So we thought, you know, if we do a frequently Ask cheese, you know, page on our website, and we're like, oh, that's ridiculous. We're just giving away money, you know. We're giving away great education and it's all the apps and e-books. So um, basically, I was in the line at Simon at the Churchill, sorry, down the road from Simon Johnson in Malara. amazing butcher shop in Malara. and I was waiting to, I was waiting in a very long line to collect all my Christmas. Stuff and um, there was a sign saying download our app ask the butcher and I did immediately and in I think 30 seconds I had um, found out who had developed it and called him inside the shop as I was waiting and just said oh this is brilliant I want you to do one for me called ask the Chief Member. and they were like brilliant come and see us yeah. a and then it kind of got complicated and yeah it's just grown it's got lots of different features and you know but no it's great Oh, look,
1: it's a great idea. And, uh, so, so if you were going to ask, if I was sort of looking at this, who, who are actually using you? You've obviously got a few different markets if you've got corporate events and things. So who are you primarily marketing
2: to? More cheese enthusiasts, but, yeah. um, you know, it's a global app. You know, people. there's more people in the world that like cheese and can eat cheese than meat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the Aussie butcher is quite specific about cuts, and they're often Australian cuts, which are different to American and European cuts. Mm-hmm. So our market was always designed to be global, particularly American. We've had as big a focus on American boutique soft as we have, you know, French, because mm-hmm. you know the Americans, the largest uh, population of iPhone holders, and that was important to us. Mm-hmm. Also, the cheese scene in America is hot. Mm-hmm. It is just like, unlike anything we've experienced here in Australia, which is exciting. It means that in the next five to seven years, we'll see the same mm-hmm. very large trend in artisan and boutique cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, um, uh, global app, anyone who likes cheese, you know, it's the information age, isn't it? Everyone wants to be an expert. You know, you look at MasterChef and how that's changed the landscape of how people cook and how they buy and... I'm excited. Everyone just wants to be an expert, and they want they want information now. Mm. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of the market. It's people who we're, we're, the success of the app has been in closing the gap between expert and enthusiast. Mm-hmm. People can email me immediately from the app. Oh, fantastic! And so, it. And I, I guess I was sort of referring to the app, but your overall
1: business. Have you sort of? You've identified, I guess, the corporate market, and then that cheese enthusiast. Do you have
2: a um, a membership around that? Oh yeah, look, trying to drive Facebook. I I have just started in the last three days. To I just recently did a you know a course, and they were talking about how. I've really got to um, embrace Facebook more. You know, Twitter's out there, but it's all about Facebook. And um, we've had 30,000 downloads of our app since Mm the 20th of December. So we are trying to find ways of better engaging those 30,000. We're looking now, we're just in the process of um, uh, developing Android version. Yeah. For a lot of people that I speak to, say, "Oh, of course, I love your app, but I don't have an iPhone. I've got a, you know, whatever." Yeah. But like, oh, and then um, you know, we will be advertising on the app, so that's a way that we'll be engaging with them for financial gain. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a, you know, a rather sizable email database. We've got over six thousand people who receive our monthly newsletters. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're people that have been to an event of ours or have been in, you know, to some... They know us somehow. Like, they, they've been to a cheese making workshop or they've been in a crowd that have corporate a presentation of 200 people or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we, we try to engage... Jeanette, but, but just trying to build the Macintosh Bowman's face Facebook page, I think we've got, like, 150 people who have liked page, which is just pathetic. But that's completely relative to how... Um, how I've never placed any importance. You know, Facebook and Twitter are certainly not in my DNA. So from a business perspective, it is taking all of my (laughs) strength to, like, try to connect with people. You know, on my personal page, I've got 430 friends, and it's about trying to get all of those guys to just like my page. They could do that in a day. (laughs) And, and then and and then get them to get their friends to like it. So it's just trying to look at ways of, of marketing through cheap, efficient ways. Well,
1: well one suggestion I might have for you for you is um because because Facebook, you know, you can sort of put a little ad or actually place that on the pages of people who actually have an interest in saying wine or exclusive yeah. beer or dare say at cheese I mean I haven't done the numbers but you could you could actually put something there so that they a
2: little ad I know but you know they charge you like 80 cents per <laughs> connection well the other thing that you could do is you could put
1: some sort of offer on a page and then on your app um, ask people to like you or advertise on your app You know, it's to drive the traffic there so that they know that's where to go to find out about you. So there's a few ways to do it. Um, There's a really great um, tool called... I'm just trying to think of it. It's not called... i have to find it. Um, Something like snap.
2: That's a great idea for driving, driving traffic from the app to the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Because... Because then, and look, there's only, there's only a point in doing it if you're going to use it for education, offers or information that, that would be rewarded because, because the thing is, you know, the best thing about Facebook is it's a community, community that's interactive, yeah? So on the app, they're probably not going to be that interactive. They're going to be basically receiving information. They might email you, but how do they interact between one another? The fantastic thing about Facebook is if you've got all these enthusiastic people about cheese, they can actually communicate together. So I think that that's just like a Monty for you. But in terms of driving them there, yeah, I would probably have, you know, some sort of, um, even if you just had your app on there and, you know, you've got a freedom model where you could download it, you know, and then they can upgrade. But I'd be definitely doing something about that.
2: Because that's yeah, really I'm awesome. pretty sure After the Cheese Runger app is its own Facebook page and only 40 people have liked it, but there's no one driving it, you know.
1: Yeah, but I would connect it together. You know, I probably wouldn't have it separate from your business. I'd probably have it on, on a page within your business profile. Um, but anyway, yeah, look, it's, it's fantastic. And it just goes to show you, if you've got a passion for something that you love, and, you know, you've gone narrow and deep into this market.
2: Ah, oh, for sure. And it's working. So. You have to be passionate don't you? because you, you wouldn't be in it for this long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't. And what does your husband do? Is he part
2: of the business? He's actually a school teacher, a high school teacher. Oh, wow. So you've
1: got a bit of a mix between you running this and him doing that.
2: Wow. Oh, yeah, look, it is busy. you got two kids, another one due in August. Oh, my and um, it is. But that's the great thing about my business. See, like last night, perfect example. So Matt was working at school all day. He came in the door. We tagged, uh, tag teamed. I was out the door, went to my event. I came home. Um, he actually went out as soon as I got home at about 9 o'clock or 9.30. Uh, he went out to a social function for a friend who's in from New York. We, I think we had our head on the pillow at the same time, about four and a half hours, and then I was up this morning at, at 5.30 for a, a business networking breakfast in Balmain, and, uh, and then he took the kids um, to daycare. They're only on daycare on Thursday and Friday. So I've got two days, real relief. But otherwise, I, do, I manage all my bookings that come through via Red Balloon, Tech Australian Explorer. That's my public events. I manage those just admin like now so like um I work when I get the kids down like 7:30 I'm I'm just doing admin a bit of Facebook a bit of social media kind of stuff yeah just tinkering away until about you know midnight mm-hmm. and then where the kids have a sleep at lunchtime, get it more done uh, with corporate stuff it's always in the evenings or sometimes very rarely in the day because I might get my mum to help this is a juggle but yeah. you know I think I'm totally unemployable. (laughs) So I've become unemployable in having my own business, you know. So, um, you know, it's just a really wonderful way that allows me to have the lifestyle that I like. I can be at home with my kids. Uh, Again, I've just got them into daycare two days a week. Um, Now the youngest one is 18 months. The older one is three. Um, And that's just given me a little bit of freedom back, a little bit of a taste of what uh,
1: efficiency is like yeah well look, it goes quickly and soon I'll be in school like my boy. so you know and with another one it's it. look it's a great thing um, running your own business oh. in terms of being able to do that and that, that you know that, that's the upside of course you know you can never turn off your brain look <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's challenging, but look, I really thank you for your time. You've been so generous. Oh, thank you for your interest. It's so lovely to be asked questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 you know, look, you've just been great. And, um,
0: hey, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. For more great marketing tips, go to Dan's blog at www.daniellemcginnis.com and sign up for her marketing tips or visit her website at www.mcginnismarketing.com.au. Catch you next time.